Good morning. It's good to see you guys this morning. Everyone well? How many enjoy that time change? All right, a few of you. Only good news is means spring is on its way, right? We can celebrate that, right? Yeah, it's good. And today, my, my hope is that this service will help you spring forward into your future. Uh, I think it's going to be good. Uh, if you're a guest, I want to say welcome. My name is Eric Matoya and uh, Pastor of the Grove, and we're thrilled you're here. This is your first time here, or we want to just say thanks for coming, taking some time out of your Sunday to be with us. Uh, we know that there's something very special that's going to happen in your life today, and so we're just honored to be able to be a part of that. I want to say thank you for all those in the theater day coming. For those listening and watching on Facebook Live, I've got a few text messages saying people who are sick, they couldn't make it, but they're going to tune in. Uh, so hello, everybody out in, in the Facebook digital world and all those listening to our podcast. Uh, we know it's going to be a good service today. We're in a series about prayer, as you saw the, the bumper that started, and I, I think this has been such a great series. Uh, hopefully you're getting some, some new ideas of how to approach prayer, how to think about prayer, because uh, I think one time, a lot of times when we don't understand it, uh, it's, it's very difficult and, and it, doesn't just, it doesn't work as well as it could. And so this is what we've been saying about prayer. It says prayer is about talking with God, all right? it's about relationship with God, uh, so that we can walk in a way, we can walk with him. In, in, in the beginning of Genesis, it said that God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And so he had a relationship with them where he actually walked and, and there, was, there was a conversation that, that was going on. And so this is what prayer really is. It's a conversation. It's about relationship with God so that we can partner with him to make, the, make a difference that he wants us to do in, our, in, in the world. And this is what I know about every single one of us. We all have a desire to make an impact on this world. Like we want our life to count. You want your life to count. I want my life to count. Prayer is how we partner with God in this because we figure out what he wants to do and we partner with him in it. And so don't miss today. Today is going to be, this is part five, and we've been going to the Lord's Prayer. So we've been taking a different aspect of the Lord's Prayer and talking about what that really means. Uh, don't miss today. I think today may be possibly the most important part of the whole prayer. Um, this is this is today is why we even celebrate Easter. It's coming up pretty soon. It's why we celebrate the cross. And so don't miss today. Uh, make sure you, you leave understanding that um, he has a great plan for your life, and he has a lot of potential for you to fulfill if you'll partner with him in it. We said that prayer is not telling God what to do. Prayer is really asking God what he wants to do and then asking him to do it in our lives. That's what prayer is. It's partnering with God to accomplish what he already wants to accomplish. We have the Bible, which is his word, his will, what he wants, his plans, what he wants to accomplish. And as we learn more about the Bible, more about prayer, we're actually just partnering with God to say we want to accomplish in our lives, in our families, in our workplace, in our city, what you already want to do. And that's what prayer is. Last week, we said, give us this day our daily bread. And this part of the prayer, I think it was a great message last week about how God wants to bless us. Uh, but, but really, this is about us depending on God for everything. Like he wants us to take his needs to him on a daily basis. And in fact, we said this. We said that we need to, we need to pray daily. This is God's way of Jesus' way of saying, pray this way. And notice he says daily bread. He's inviting us to trust him. See, in the Old Testament, daily bread, I didn't say this last week, but when they were, people of Israel were rescued from slavery, they went into the wilderness and they began to freak out and say, God, how are you going to feed so many people? You know, we're going to die in the wilderness. You brought us out here to starve. And God said, I'll take care of you. Don't worry, I'll take care of you. And every morning they'd wake up to this, this substance that was on the floor. It's called manna. Um, that was, was essentially like a bread. And every day they'd wake up and they'd be able to gather this and they would eat bread that was provi- provided from heaven um, that God gave them. It's, it's a miracle. Every day they'd wake up and do this. And so when, when Jesus said, give us a daily bread, he's, he's really there's, there's some connections to the Old Testament how 
He's asking people to trust him on this journey where we don't understand where it's going to come from, how he's going to help us. We just say, God, we trust you. You're going to do something in our lives. And that's what praying daily is about, is saying we trust you for our daily bread. We, we talked about the prayer of Jabez. Every week we take a prayer out of the Bible, and we talk about why did this prayer work? What are the components in it? What are the different aspects to this prayer? So last week we talked about the prayer of Jabez. I think it's a great prayer uh, that, that God answered for this man who, who um, if you missed, go listen last week. It was good. And we just want to know that prayer works. And this is the whole point of this whole series is prayer it works. Uh, part of last week of Daily Bread is this. We said, God wants to give us what we need, uh, but the principle, the kingdom principle is this, that when we manage well what God gives to us, he'll give us more of it. It's contingent on how we handle the blessings he gives us. So when, when he blesses us and we pass those blessings on and we're, we're, good, we're good stewards and managers of those things, he'll give more. But when we bottleneck and we stop that, we, we clog it up by just holding on to it, that's when God doesn't want to bless because it becomes about us, not about him blessing others through us. So that was last week. So I found another prayer. This is the student prayer. You guys just had mid, midterms, right, last week? I, I, I heard some midterms happen. Finals are coming up pretty soon. So we have students in the house? Yeah, some, some people, you know, going for their good. Good, good to hear. So we have finals coming up soon. Here's a prayer. If you're a student, you know, you get in those, mo- those moments where you're just not sure if you're ready for a test and all that. I found a good prayer that might help you, right? Here's what it says. Now I lay me down to rest and hope to pass tomorrow's test. If I should die before I wake, that's one less test I have to take. If you're relying on prayer <laughs> to help you pass your tests, it might be a little late, all right? So it has to take more than just prayer. You have to study, all right, see if you didn't know that. All right, anyways, I thought that was a good, good prayer that I found that was kind of funny. Today we're talking about the next aspect of the Lord's Prayer is forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sins against us, or forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts against us. This is all about having a right heart. And we said this the first week is that this part of the prayer is us making sure our hearts are right with God and that our hearts are right with people. And that's the two aspects of that prayer. And today it's really important that we don't, we don't miss this, to keep our heart right with God and right with people. This is what that part of the prayer is all about, keeping our heart right with God, making our heart right with God, making our right heart with people. So Matthew 6, 12 says this, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's about, it's about action that we're going to talk about. Here's what I want you to know about forgiveness, right? Forgiveness is a gift. You can't earn it. It's just a gift that God gives. It's, it's given freely. When we ask God for forgiveness, he gives it to us freely. It's all about grace and about mercy that comes from God. So when we pray this part of the prayer, we're, we're realizing that God is a God of mercy and grace and love. And that's a big part of this. Uh, but it's, it's, it's tied with give us this day our daily bread, right? So it's a daily thing. Um, so forgive us our debts. Some different words that we use in this prayer, you might have heard it like this, uh, forgive us our debts, right? Or you might have heard, forgive us our sins. Or sometimes you hear, forgive us our trespasses, and we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Um, these three different word pictures, I guess you can see, is you, you can kind of understand that um, we, we get it. When somebody trespasses, they, they go into territory that's not theirs. They've crossed the line that they shouldn't be. Uh, whether that's trespassing into us physically, emotionally, uh, mentally, whatever, there's, there's things that people will sometimes go into our lives and they'll trespass and, and stir up or, or, or cause things in our lives that they shouldn't have. And, and this is part of that where he's saying, forgive those who trespass against us the same way that we've trespassed and sinned against God and, and, and got debt. You know, debt's the idea that we, we borrowed and we have to pay back something. There's, there's a, a price to what we've done. And so we're saying, God, forgive me of those debts that I've done in my life that I've, I've messed up and I have to, I have to um, deal with. Uh, so when it, when it comes to this part of the prayer, it's, it's the, the idea is similar to last week. We said last week that on a daily basis, God is saying, take your needs to God. To God. So we need our daily bread. We need, we need our help today. We need provision. We need insight. We need wisdom with, with, with the things that we face. Those are our needs that we have. God wants us to bring those to him. And we said what happens when you don't take 
your needs to God on a daily basis, you keep today's needs holding on to them. They become worries, and you walk into Monday with them. And if you don't take your needs to, to God on Monday, then you're taking Sundays and Mondays into Tuesday and then into Wednesday. And that was the picture we kind of gave last week is when we don't do this on a daily basis, we're actually carrying all of these needs that God actually wants to answer and help us. But we begin to carry them with us into the rest of the week. Um, this next part of the prayer is the same same idea, except uh, this one's a little more trickier because when it comes to sins and debts and trespasses, um, we're actually bringing all those things from the past and when we don't deal with them on a daily basis, we drag them with us into the future. And here's the thing about our needs. They're important to lift to God because he wants to help us. But that's between us and God. That's, that's God answering our prayer. Sins that we have against God or against other people, that's something different. That's about relationships. That's about dragging other people with you into these things and causing more harm and more uh, challenges in your life. And so when we don't take these to God... And we don't learn to find forgiveness on a daily basis. We drag all of our sins and all of our debts and all our trespasses with us into the next day and into the next day. You know, it'd be like we're, we're dragging these weights every single day with us because we're not dealing with them. Uh, but those, that weight compounds and it begins to build and get more momentum and it, it weighs down on us more and more as we don't address them. And so this part of the prayer, God is saying, uh, Jesus is telling us, ask God to forgive. Deal with those things. Deal with yesterday's issues. Deal with the things that you've done today so that you can move in tomorrow in freedom. You can move into tomorrow with, with peace. Um, because what happens is when we carry sins, it, it not only impacts our lives, it impacts all the lives around us, but it really keeps us from living the life God wants us to live. So when we don't bring our sins to God and our issues to God on a daily basis, it impacts tomorrow and it impacts the next day because we're, we're looking all the time back at what um, those things are as they, as they drag us down. Here's what the Bible says about sin. All right, Jesus told Adam and Eve, if you cross this, if you, if you, if you break my, my commandment not to eat of the, of the fruit, you will surely die. Sin, the Bible says that sin brings death. Um, it kills. It kills relationships. It, it brings death to, to physical death eventually also. Um, and a spiritual death, most of all, it brings death to us. Uh, so sin breaks relationships. Um, the Bible speaks of when somebody sins that um, we're actually dead in sin. Uh, it's, it uses the words like blind and lost, um, enslaved, uh, less than, living a less than life. Uh, when it talks about sin, it's, it means that, uh, that we inherit negative and that, that those things compound, uh, sometimes as curses, sometimes as just consequences that come along with it. Uh, it. It brings insecurity and it affects our confidence in life. When we, deal, when we carry this stuff with us. So when Jesus is saying, forgive us our sins or our debts, we forgive those of sins. He's saying, deal with this on a daily basis so you don't have to drag this with you every single day into the next thing. In fact, Proverbs uh, says it like this. Uh, Solomon says, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. So if you hide your sin, you will not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. The person that's willing to say, I, I, need, to, I need to deal with this, finds, finds mercy. Uh, sin also keeps us stuck in the past. When we sin, when we have debts against others, against God, it actually keeps us stuck into the past. Um, have you ever tried to outrun your past? Maybe you've done some things you weren't proud of and you tried to outrun it. Uh, you know, I heard a story about um, a convention that happened with some Arkansas state troopers, right? So some state police officers in Arkansas. And they were trying to collect stories about, you know, what, what's the funniest excuse you heard uh, of somebody trying to get out of a speeding ticket? And so um, the, the winning entry, this is, what it, this is what the winning entry said uh, by, by a state trooper from Arkansas. He, he, was, he was clocking traffic, and he clocked this, this semi-truck that was speeding. 
and going really fast. And so he, he clocked him speeding. So he, he pulls behind him, turns his lights on and just follows him for a while. The semi truck doesn't slow down. Uh, and he's like, all right, maybe he doesn't see my lights. So he gets real close to the bumper, you know, kind of goes in the, in the rear view mirror so he can see him. Um, semi truck doesn't, doesn't slow down. Uh, so he puts his sirens on really loud and begins to honk and all that stuff. And the semi truck actually begins to speed up. So the state trooper's like, what is in the world's going on? So he chases him for a while, and the guy will not stop, and he's like, what is going on? So eventually the truck runs out of gas and has to roll to a stop, not because the guy stopped because he ran out of gas. So the state trooper pulls him out and says, what's going on? Is, did, did you not see my lights behind you? Y- yes, sir, I did. Um, did you not see me in your bumper trying to get your attention? Y- yes, sir, I did. And did you, see, did you hear my sirens while I was getting close and you sped up? What was that about? He says, yeah, yes, sir, I did. I did. He says, why didn't you pull over? And he says, well, to be honest, sir, about two years ago, my wife ran off with an Arkansas state trooper, and I was afraid that you were going to bring her back to me. No joke. Wouldn't it be nice to live our lives in such a way that we don't have to worry about our past catching up? Man, I feel that guy's pain. If he's trying to run from his wife after two years, she was probably not a good wife. All right, just saying. If we don't deal with our past, we will become a prisoner to it. If we don't deal with our past, we will only become a prisoner to it. Uh, guilt, guilt is associated with sin and with debt and with trespasses. We always have guilt because we know there's something that's not right. It's associated with it. But if we don't deal with those, it actually keeps us focused behind us, not in front of us. See, the same way that worry, worrying about something will not change the future, you can worry all day long. It will not change the future. This is why Jesus says, you don't, don't worry. Take it to God on a daily basis saying, I, I give it to you. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to trust you for that. Well, guilt is the opposite. It's trying to change the past. It's worrying about the past. And no matter how much guilt you have about the past, that will never change it. It's going to take action to be able to move beyond that. Um, it's it's kind of like when, when we don't deal with our, our issues and our stuff on a, on a daily basis and a weekly basis, it's actually like we've... We, we're driving our life in our car, and we get the, the rearview uh, mirror, and we make it really big. And the whole time, we're just looking out the rearview mirror, not even through the windshield. Well, if you drive that way in any car, you know what's going to happen. You're going to miss your destination. You might not ever get to your destination. You're going to miss the journey because you're going to be focused on what's behind you all the time. And inevitably, you will eventually get in a wreck, and sometimes those wrecks will be fatal. Living your life looking through the rearview mirror is the same exact way as driving a car driving through your rearview mirror it's good for perspective helps us learn from the past it helps us to know to see things that were behind us but when all you do is just focus on the past you miss the present and you will miss the future because you're stuck and this is what jesus is saying if you don't deal with yesterday you will never live in freedom tomorrow and you won't live in freedom today so deal with it it's god's heart to say i want to help you to um to shrink your rearview mirror and expand your windshield where you begin to look for a brighter future, for a greater future. See, Matthew six twelve. as we forgive our debts, as we forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Notice, notice how he says, as we. Uh, this, this is the part where, where, where Jesus is saying, your, your getting forgiveness from God is contingent upon your ability to give forgiveness to others. There's two parts to this. Having peace, making our hearts right with God, and making our hearts right with others. That that's what's going to bring peace to our lives. In fact, at the end of this prayer, Jesus makes a statement, just two verses down, Matthew six fourteen. He says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. 
He's saying if you're refusing to forgive others, God is going to refuse to forgive you. Which is an important thing because he wants health between you and him. He wants health between you and others. So don't refuse to forgive others so that God will not refuse to forgive you. Um, our forgiveness is, is from God is proportionate to our willingness to forgive others. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, because forgiveness is a response from the heart. If you go to the next one for me. Forgiveness is a response from the heart. It reveals more about our relationship with God than, than our relationship with the one who sinned against us. See, when, when we're willing to forgive somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean that they, they, they earned our forgiveness or they deserve our forgiveness. It means that we are saying, God, I am not going to be the judge. In fact, the next chapter, Matthew 7, Jesus says this about our role. He says, do not judge or you too will be judged. In the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So he's saying, don't judge. Uh, the word criticize, we get, we get our word criticize and a critic from the word to be a judge. Like he's saying, don't, don't even criticize. Don't, even, don't be found guilty of having a religious attitude of better than others. Like don't, don't have a better than you attitude. That's, that's what criticism and, and judges have become is, well, I'm better than you. And just say, no, that's not our role. This, this is not, it's not about that. In fact, he goes on and says this. Who do you look – oh, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take out the speck of your, from your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. Take first, take, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly and remove the speck from your brother's eye. I think this is really unique about Christianity. God is asking us not to judge. He's asking us not, not to become the person um, that criticizes others, not to be the one that thinks it's our role to try to make everybody else right. Our job is just us. He's saying focus on your own things. Like, bring those to God on a daily basis. Forgive me of my debts against you, and then help me to forgive others. Um, in fact, when, when we judge people, we ourselves are judged in that same exact way. When we don't give mercy and grace to others, we don't get mercy and grace back to us. And God understands that principle. He's saying, don't become the judge. In fact, we're not supposed to be the judge. We're not even supposed to be the lawyer. And in some cases, I don't even think we're supposed to be the jury. But he does call us to be a witness. And what I mean by that, not a witness in a court case where you're, you're giving testimony against somebody um, or for somebody. You're being a witness to the fact that God has forgiven you and now you can forgive others. And when, when you're that kind of witness, people will notice something different in your life like they did in Jesus, Jesus. And they'll say there's something different in that person. He's not condemning. He's not judgmental. He's not haughty or she's not haughty. They don't, they don't criticize and talk bad about people. What is that about? It's about somebody who has the right perspective that God is saying, I want you to have your, make your heart right between you and God and your heart right with you and other people. So what we, what we say is really important. So God asks us to keep our, our hearts right with him and with others by letting him be the judge and us not ever getting that role. Because what happens when we become the judge, we actually are taking on God's role. And we're saying, no, I'm, I'm going to act like God in this situation. And we get in a place that we're never supposed to be. Uh, don't try to take his place. In fact, when we accuse... We're not following God's pattern. We're following the enemy's pattern. See, in the Bible, enemy, Satan, the devil, it means to slander somebody, to be a slanderer or an accuser or a divider. Enemy's strategy is to get in there and criticize and to condemn and to slander or talk bad about people um, and to accuse. That's, that's, that's what he does all the time of people, of you, of me. And so when we become the judge or we become the person that does those things, we actually follow the enemy's pattern, not God's pattern. His pattern is, would you forgive would you extend the same way others, to others what, what I've extended to you? In fact, uh, every week we've taken a, um, a look at different prayers in the Bible, um, and, and we look at it and why God answers this prayer. 
we're going to take a look at a prayer that Jesus actually says of a man that's in his story he tells. So there's a story he tells, and in this story, there's a prayer that's prayed, and he answers the prayer, and we're going to look at why. So in Luke 18, this is what, what Jesus said. Is, um, Luke says, Luke 18 says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told the story. So he saw that people were, they, they were thinking themselves better. These religious people were thinking they're better than others. So because of that, Jesus says, I'm going to tell a story. And this is what his story said. Two men went up to the temple to church to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. So Pharisees, religious leader, knew a lot about the Bible, kind of like a lawyer almost. They just they knew everything about Scripture. Tax collector, in, in Jesus' day, they would they would um, they would give rank to different sins. Well, tax collector is one of the lowest. Like you know, there's sinners and there's there's Gentiles and there's tax collectors. They're like the, like the scum. They're like the low ones. Okay, um, because they were Jewish people who were working for the enemy for the Roman government. So they would tax you, and people just didn't like them because they were kind of like traitors. And so in this story, Jesus is saying there's a religious person who knows a lot about the Bible, about scriptures, and there's this tax collector that everybody despises. And they go to church, right? They go to church and, and to pray, it says. The Pharisee stood by himself, and he prayed. Listen to his prayer. God, thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this scum over here, this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I, that, I, that I gain, that I get. See, he starts off by praying about how good he is and how horrible other people are. It's called pride. It's called haughtiness. And that's one of the things God despises in our lives. And this guy knew scripture, so he should have known. That's something that God would never answer. But notice the story. Um, notice how the story changes and what the tax collector says in his prayer. But the tax collector, he stood at a distance he would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So here's a man who comes to pray, and all he can say is, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Simple prayer. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Prayer of humility, a prayer of person that says, I can't do it on my own, is the prayer God answers. A prayer of somebody that will admit who they are, what they are, what they've done, is the prayer that God answers. The person that hides it all, tries to put on a, um, a show, puts on for appearance sake, tries to make everybody impressed with them, those are the prayers God doesn't answer. He actually resists the proud, but he embraces the humble. In this prayer, the person that, uh, that said, forgive me my sin today, I'm a sinner, was the person that God answered. Not the person that said, God, thank you, I'm so good. You know, you've blessed me all these things, and I'm awesome. It was the person that said, God, I need your help. In fact, at one, one point in Jesus' story, um, not in this story, but a few, few verses before, he says, in fact, if you're coming to the temple to, to offer something to God, and you remember you have odds with a brother or sister, like, leave your offering, don't even offer it yet, go and take care of that, and then come back and offer it, and then God will be pleased. Because he's concerned not just with our heart being right with him, but our heart being right with others as well. Make sure you do it the way he wants. James tells us about prayer. He says it like this. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And the prayer offered in faith, if, if somebody sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 
A righteous person means they have a right standing with God. It's the person that's on a daily basis saying, God, I need your help today again because I blow it. Man, I lost my temper. I yelled at people. I got upset. Whatever it was, I, I've sinned. I've done something that has broken your commands, your laws. God, forgive me. See, notice how he says, the person that has sinned, the prayer made in faith, they gain forgiveness. That's, that's what we do with God. We, we, we make things right with him by asking for forgiveness. But then he says, when we confess to others, we find healing. So when we can tell somebody else that can help us on this journey, whether that's confessing to somebody that we've sinned against or telling somebody else that Man, we have stuff in our life that we need to let people know, until we do that, we will not be healed. So you can come to church and you can be forgiven and things might be right with you and God. But if you have not confessed and shared with others, you will not ever be healed. You'll carry all that stuff with you that you were never meant to carry. But until you can let it out, you will never be healed. So here's the thing. We can talk about getting healthy or we can get healthy. You can talk about all the things of what health looks like or you can start doing it. Jesus is saying in the Lord's Prayer, when you say, God, forgive me my sins as I forgive those who have sins against me, you're not just talking about it. You're making a statement of saying, I want to deal with this today. Forgive me that I've messed up my relationship with you. For, let me help and forgive others that have messed up their relationship with me. And then if I've ever messed up my relationship with others, help me to also go and ask and confess and make those things right. So here's the thing about life is um, we can continue to convince ourselves of things that we know are wrong, but we've, we've just told ourselves for so long that's okay. Maybe culture said, that's okay. That's like acceptable. That's the new norm. And, and it, it's easy to convince ourselves that things that the Bible says are not okay are okay. And after you tie yourself so much like it's really not that big of a deal, eventually you will convince yourself that it's not that big of a deal. It's called self-deception. It's one of the tools the enemy uses against us. Is he wants us, he's a deceiver, so he wants to deceive us about truth. He wants us to deceive ourselves. And what happens is we eventually start calling a lie the truth. And we start saying, we convince ourselves that that really is the truth and it's okay, where in fact it really is the lie and it's not okay. But because we told ourselves that it's okay, we just continue in that pattern that never will bring health or peace. And until you can come to God and say, God, I bring all of this to you and I ask for your help. Help me with this. Until we can acknowledge and ask him to be with us, then we can begin to break down those lies in our lives that we've been telling ourselves. It's not a big deal. You know, it's just my problem. This doesn't affect everybody else. No, that's not the truth. Sin affects everybody around you, not just you. It affects everyone. It's not a personal thing. It's a relational thing, which means it affects everybody. Our, your choice is not personal. never is. It always affects somebody. But we'll tell ourselves and convince ourselves that, you know, it's, it's just not really big of a deal. When we take it to God on a daily basis, he'll begin to reveal and say, no, that really is a big deal. You shouldn't be responding like that. You shouldn't act like that. You really shouldn't be hiding those things. You know, in, in, in a different... Um, groups that help people that have addictions. And one of the things they say is, we're only as sick as our secrets, right? So you're only as sick as the things that you will not tell people about. Like that's, and when you can confess and let it out, that's when you become healed and whole. But as long as you have something you're holding on to that you're not letting anybody in, you're keeping it, you think you're keeping it from God, you think you're keeping it from your spouse or from somebody else in your life, you're only as sick as those things that you hold on to. But as soon as you can confess and let them out, you will then become healthy this is why this part of the prayer is so important because god is saying i want you to be healthy i want you to be healthy in my relationship with me so we can we can move forward and do things you know with with the windshield wide open so we can look forward to the future and i want you to be healthy with others so you're not always worried about the past coming into the future messing everything up but dealing with it 
When, and when we do this on a daily basis, when it's done on a daily basis, confession is how we'll grow, all right, in our walk with God. It'll, it'll, it's how we form character in our lives. Um, it's how we change, begin to change habits and how we renew our minds. Because what happens when you do it on a daily basis, you come into God saying, God, forgive me my sins as I forgive those sins against me. You're, you're making a statement of saying, I want to change. I want to become healthy. And in that, God's going to respond and say, okay, you need to change these things because I want you to be healthy. Because sin, uh, it, it, it blinds us. It doesn't give us the right perspective. We begin to focus on the wrong things. In some cases, we don't even see the right things. But when we confess that, God begins to help us see. It destroys relationships. Like I said, it destroys confidence, makes us insecure. And so when we, conf- when we confess, it begins to actually form our characters and help us become healthy. It's the first step to making change in your life is to admit and to acknowledge and to speak out those things. In fact, um, confess, in, 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 the, in the New Testament, there's two Greek words they use for confess. One is to speak out, which means that when we actually let it out, like there's power. We talked about last week in the words that we speak. So when we confess and let that out, like we're free from it. It's no longer a secret. It's out. And the other part of confession is that when you confess something, you're actually going to call it what somebody else would call it. So in your life, if you've gossiped about somebody and talked bad about them, you know, when you say, forgive me, I have gossiped and spoke bad about you. When, when you say the same thing somebody else would be saying, that's when it's a real confession. But if you're like, you know, I, I said these words, they weren't really that bad. That's not really a confession. That's like, I'm going to try to make things okay, but I'm not really going to deal with the issue. Confession is going to call it what others would call it. No, it's an addiction. You need help with it. Forgive me, I have an addiction and I need help with it. So when you confess and you speak the truth, you are going to be healed and free. Here's the thing about sin. Sin is, I think, the number one thing that will keep you from prayer. Because when we sin and we have debts and trespasses against others, against God... We are going to avoid him at all costs. So Adam and Eve did. They broke his commandment. They ate of the fruit that he, they weren't supposed to. And what did they do? They went hiding. And God came looking for him and says, where are you guys at? Why are you hiding? Because they had shame and they had guilt. They didn't deal with it, so they hid. So in our lives, when you don't want to pray, that is probably the moment you need to pray. Good rule of thumb, right? When you don't feel like praying and you, you really don't want to avoid God, that's probably a good indication that you need to run to God and say, God, there's something that's not right. I need to take care of this. When, when it's hard to get to church, I guarantee you, so last week, if you guys missed last week, um, it was hard to get here, go listen to last week's message because there was something in it that you were probably supposed to hear. Like those moments that you really want to avoid things, it's probably when you need to go face them and just deal with it. Because when we run from it and we allow those things to push us away, it's, it keeps us from moving into the future with freedom and with peace. And this is God's heart. He's saying, I want you to be people that aren't enslaved to anything, but you can walk without a weight on your shoulder, without a care about what's going to happen because you're trusting him for everything. That's a pretty amazing way to live. Last week when I talked about being healed, my back was being healed, and I woke up Sunday morning and I just felt lighter. It was like there was a clearing of the air, whatever that was about, and all of a sudden I was just lighter, and I could walk through the day with a little bit of a, um, a skip in my step because I didn't have that weight that was weighing me down. I didn't have that pressure that was pulling me down. And this is God's heart for us. He wants us to confess. And this needs to be an ongoing basis. See, what's hard sometimes when we come to church is we think, well, if I tell others about my issues, they're going to think less of me. No, if you don't tell others about your issues, you're going you're to continue to live in being less than. You'll never be able to be free from those things. And we, we tend to put on this facade and this picture of everything's perfect when everything's not perfect. And the thing that's going to help it get better 
is actually the thing that you're avoiding of telling somebody the truth, of opening up and saying, God, help me, forgive me. God wants you to be healed. So make things right with God, that's great. But then you need to find somebody in your life that can help you in this process of saying, I need to tell you about this thing that I've been carrying because I've been carrying it with me for so long. It'll actually, secrets will actually even make you sick if you carry them. They'll literally make you sick, your body. That's what sin does. It brings death to us. And we can confess, we can find healing in relationships, physical healing, um, and our relationship with God will be, be made better. So here's, here's our challenge for today, all right? And I would say uh, for this week, our challenge is, is every single day, would you, when you get to that part of the prayer, forgive me of my sins or my debts as I forgive those who have sins or debts against me, would you just ask God at that moment, God, reveal to me those things that I, where I missed it today. And as a loving fa- father and a loving God, he's going to say, you should really work on this. And notice how when God reveals things to us, it's, it's, a, it's out of love, it's out of conviction, not condemnation. The enemy is going to say, you're, you're, you're horrible. Like, you should never tell anybody they're going to think so low of you. Like, you're no good. That's the voice of the enemy that's bringing condemnation. But the voice of God is saying, you, you can be better in this area. I believe there's something in you that you're not tapping into. I want you to change this because there's something better if you'll listen. That's a loving God, loving Father who's trying to convict and help bring about good in your lives. So make things right with God and with others. Make this a daily habit. When you pray the Lord's Prayer, God, show me where I'm missing it. Forgive me of those things. Forgive me of, man, letting anger get the best of me. Forgive me of, of lashing out. Forgive me of whatever it is. And then step into saying, God, I want to live right with you. Help me make things right with others. So our challenge is we pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, if you haven't memorized it yet, I would memorize the Lord's Prayer. Um, each morning, we talk about the prayer of Jabez. Um, every start your every morning by saying, saying the Lord's Prayer, using it as a pattern. Uh, and I would encourage you to pray the, Lord's, the, Jabez, the prayer of Jabez in the morning with that. And then at night, Pray the Lord's Prayer again, and I would encourage you to pray Psalms 23. You'll begin to invite God to show up in a great way. If you create a habit of prayer and a discipline of daily confession of saying, all right, God, I need your help today. Like, I, I can't do it on my own. And I love the fact that Jesus gives us this model of prayer that we take these to God and we say, all right, today I want to deal with my stuff today and yesterday's stuff so I can walk into tomorrow with freedom. Wouldn't it be great to wake up tomorrow morning and be free from all that stuff you've been carrying for the last year, two years, three years, 20 years, 30 years, last week. Whatever secret you've been holding on to that all week that's been keeping you down. Wouldn't it be great to wake up tomorrow and be like, man, it feels so good not to carry all that stuff. That's what the daily prayer, that's what the, prayer, the Lord's Prayer is helping us do. We're dealing with today's stuff and yesterday's stuff so we can move into tomorrow saying, I'm free. I can trust you for all things. You're leading me on paths of righteousness for your name's sake. So that when I, when I pray and I partner with you in prayers, you're, I'm going to see more blessings and more things happen in my life. So make things right with God. It's about managing, managing your heart, managing what, what God wants to do in your life. Uh, if you're here today, and this is maybe new to you, maybe prayer is something you've never done, maybe church is something that uh, is new, maybe this is the first time you've been here or you haven't been here for a long time, um, I want to now challenge you and invite you to start this journey. You know, as, as, as a Christian church, we believe that God sent his son to die on that cross so we can have forgiveness, so we can be forgiven. See, John, the first the, John 1, 8 through 10, it says it like this. So John was a disciple who was really close to Jesus. He wrote a couple of different books in the Bible. He says this, that if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So if you've convinced yourself that you're, you're, you're good, and you're okay, and that there's no sin in your life, that you're without sin, 
then you deceive yourselves because we all have sinned. But if we confess our sins, it says that he is faithful and just and he'll forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we will confess that and tell God about those things, he'll forgive us. If we claim that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. God wants to forgive you. It's a free gift. You know, we sang the song from grace to grace. It's a great song to declare for today. God, we need your grace today. When you're saying, God, forgive me my sins, you're saying, I need your grace, your supernatural ability to help me accomplish what I can't accomplish on my own. Your gift of forgiveness, of mercy, of kindness that I don't deserve. I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. We all have a debt to pay, the Bible says. But Jesus died on that cross to pay our debt for us. And if we recognize that and invite him into our lives, he will forgive us of our sins. If we'll confess and we'll believe in our heart. It's a loving God that says, I have something better for you. You don't have to carry this stuff. You don't have to carry all the sins of your, of your family, all the history of all that. You don't have to carry all the mistakes of yesterday. Deal with it today so you can move into tomorrow with freedom. Do me a favor. Just you close your eyes and bow your heads as we close service? If you're here today, and as I spoke about this, you would say, I want to be free from my past. I need God's forgiveness. I'll give you an opportunity to pray a prayer. I won't call you from your seat, just where you're at. I'll lead you there in prayer there. It's just a prayer. Start prayers about relationship. A prayer starts relationship. A prayer keeps relationship going. But today I want to lead you in a prayer that just says, God, I confess today that I'm a sinner, that I need your help. I believe in my heart that you died for me on that cross, Jesus, and that you're alive today. A simple prayer that invites God to forgive, invites God to lead, and to be the Lord of your life. If you're here today and you'd like to pray that prayer, would you lift your hand where you're at? Awesome. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hands. I see your hands. Awesome. I see it. Thank you. Thank you. I see it. Awesome. Tons of hands making the confession saying, God, I need your help. Can I just tell you that like the tax collector that went to the temple and just prayed, God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. As we pray this prayer, God's going to respond by saying, uh, you're willing to humble yourselves and admit that you need help. I'll show up in those kind of prayers. If you raise your hand, would you pray with me? If you're a Christian in this room, would you join us in praying so they're not praying alone? Say this with me. Say, Father, today I confess that I am a sinner. I've broken your law. I've sinned against you. Forgive me. I believe you died on that cross for my sins. I believe you're alive today. I invite you into my life. Make me into a new person. Forgive me of my past. Help me have a bright future. Lead me and guide me. Today I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate those today? If you pray that prayer, take a deep breath. Know that God, he loves you. He has good plans for your life. On a daily basis, would you, when you pray these prayers, you just 
out of faith, out of humility, you're saying, God, I need your help. If you prayed that prayer, let us know. Fill out a card. Let's say, today I made a commitment to follow you, to give my life to Christ. If you don't have a Bible, we have a gift, a free gift. On the way out, you can pick up a Bible. It's on the table on the way out. And you can turn that card in. Let us know. And also, if you're uh, new, new to the faith or you need a resource, you're here and you need a resource to help you on this journey. We have a book. It's called Ten Steps Towards Christ. It's a free gift. If you need one, please pick one up. Uh, we're about um, helping you with on this journey to know God and his, his plans for your life. Um, today, a lot of you made that first step. Confession, saying, God, I need your help. Uh, the next step is water baptism. If you've never been water baptized, it's, it's a public declaration. right? So forgiveness is between us and God. Baptism is us about telling others, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to recognize that I'm a follower of, of God, of Christ, and, and we get baptized. And there's other steps, so pick up the book. It'll help you on this journey. Uh, get in a small group. If you're not a part of a small group, find Find a group in our church that you can be a part of that will help you on this journey. You know, that confessing to others, you need to find people in your life that can help you. You don't just confess to everybody. You, you confess to those people that are going to help you on this journey, that are going to pray for you and encourage you. Myself, other leaders in the church. Now, we're, just, we're here to help you and, and committed to help you on this journey. Uh, I want to say thank you for coming. Um, end of service, we always give an opportunity. If the team would come on up, closing the song. We give an opportunity for us to give in the offering. Now, we do this at the end of the service because we want to demonstrate for you why we do church. You know, a lot of people have prayed today. That's why we do church. God, forgive us today of our sins, our debts. We want people to acknowledge that and to walk into tomorrow with freedom. It's amazing that tons of people today will walk into tomorrow saying, God, I'm, I'm giving that all to you. I'll walk with you into this. So in the service when we give an offering, we're saying we want to continue to see more people make that decision. Our church is growing. It's pretty amazing to see how God is blessing us as a church and helping us to accomplish some great things. In April, we're going to be adding another theater. Uh, we have two theaters in the, in the party room right now. We're going to be adding another theater so that we can have room for our kids because the kids' ministry is growing, which means if you want to volunteer, be a part of the team, uh, kids' ministry would be a great place to plug in. And we have other places you can plug in. Uh, but we're just we're trying to create space for more growth that's going to happen these next few months. Easter's coming. Every Easter, we have tons of people that come. Uh, so what we're going to do is we prepare to grow. Some of the things that happen is, is um, prices of theater is going to go up. We, that increases because we're adding on more of what we're renting. Uh, we have to buy new equipment, more equipment, every time we make these, these additions so we can have a quality service. And so the next few weeks, what we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to challenge you to pray about how you can partner with us to make a bigger difference. Uh, online, when you give or on your, on your, on your envelopes, you know, a, a tithe is what we say, God, this is what you've asked me to give. It, it's the, the portion that you want. To, to me to honor you in, so I give that to you. Well, anything above that is really what we call generosity. We're saying, God, we're going to trust you for what you blessed me with to bless others. And so we're going to be creating a category online that's going to called Kingdom Builders. And it's going to be an opportunity for us to just to give in multiple different ways. We could prepare for growth as a church. So if God wants to give us a building one day, we can begin to prepare for that and plan for that. Another, another other ways to, to minister. Um, we're going to help plant seven churches this year in September. So our church, in a couple of weeks, is going to receive an offering uh, to be able to take to a conference that I'm going to uh, to bless these, these churches that are going to start. Uh, seven, seven churches in one weekend is going to be pretty awesome around the state of New Mexico in September. Um, we're going to do this. Yeah, we can celebrate that. We're going to be a part of this because three years ago I went to this conference and they, they presented me with a check. And I'll show a picture in a couple of weeks, but uh, it was one of those big checks, you know. The network just said, we believe in you and the Grove, what God's going to do. And, and they gave me this really big check uh, just from a lot of churches that pitched together, helped, helped out to help us start the Grove. And it was amazing to be a part of that. And so 
in a couple of weeks, we're going to go and be a part of that. As a church, we're going to give towards that to say, we believe in the churches that are going to be starting in Las Lunas and Rio Rancho and Albuquerque and Santa Teresa and Farmington and Roswell. Uh, we believe in those. We want people to experience what we experience on a Sunday, and, and we want to help them get started. And so as a church, we're going to sow into that. So that's what Kingdom Builders is about. It's, it's about saying we want to be generous and help others that we may never even see this side of heaven. But one day, when we get to heaven, somebody's going to come and say, thank you for helping get a church started in Roswell. Like, you're offering help this church reach my family. Thank you so much. That's going to be awesome. I, I promise. It's going to be one of the best things ever that we're able to use our life for good. And so in a couple of weeks, I just want to tell you ahead of time, we're going to be asking to, to, you to pray about it, to be able to help us to accomplish more as a grove, but also to give to church planning and to help others. Like a, we, we help orphans and we help the poor. Uh, as a church, we're committed to giving away from ourselves. And so this is just ways that we can be um, good stewards of what God passes our way. Uh, so as I say all that, if you're a guest, uh, I don't expect you to give it all today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being with us for our service. This is our gift to you. We don't expect anything from you. Uh, but this is the time for those that say, this is my church. I believe in what God's doing here. I want to see more happen. This is the time you can give. If you didn't plan to give, you can go online later and give. That, that's available also. Many of you do that on a, on a, on a weekly basis. Thank you so much. Uh, so with that, let's pray and, and ask God just to bless this week. And as we give him the offering, that he would use it to, to make a bigger difference than we've ever thought possible. God, thank you for your word today. As we talk through the, the next part of the Lord's Prayer, God, that you thank you that you're faithful and just, that you forgive us our sins when we bring them to you. God, I pray that this would be an ongoing prayer that many, that many in this room will take to heart and pray on a daily basis so they can be free from the past free from the, the things the enemy wants to stop us in doing. God, that we'd be free from looking out the, the rearview mirror, window all the way, rearview mirror all the time, and look to the future with hope and confidence. God, thank you for freedom that comes to us when we confess, uh, Lord, that we need your help. And God, we just ask that you would uh, do something amazing this week, Lord. Uh, God, as we all give in this offering today and this next couple of weeks to we prepare to give to help start churches, we ask that you would um, reveal what, what you want us to do in this and help us to be faithful in that. And just thank you for all that you do in our lives. We love you, and we thank you, we bless you. We invite you to lead us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys have a great week. God bless you.